What is up, guys? Dalton here. Before we jump into this episode of the PT Coffee Cast, I just wanted to say what's up. Thank you for tuning in. Whether you're new to the podcast or you've been rocking with us for a while, we truly do appreciate your support and it continues to motivate us to want to put out better podcasts, get better guests on. So thank you very much. Keep up the positive feedback towards us. We really do appreciate it. If you guys don't know, by now, we have partnered with Physio Network. Physio Network is on a mission to improve physiotherapy standards worldwide, and they do this by offering an amazing online educational platform, and more specifically, their monthly research reviews that they put out. The May edition is out and ready to be consumed. It has 12 research reviews in both written and audio form. This month, there's a couple solid ones that I've seen so far that I'm excited to dive into. I'll give a little sneak peek to you guys. We got one by Dr. Teddy Wilsey talking about activity modification and knee strengthening for Osgood Slaughter disease. There's one out by Todd Hargrove called Are Weather Conditions Associated with Chronic Musculoskeletal Pain? There's one put out by Tom Goom, the mental recovery and running related Um, injuries for recreational runners the moderating role of passion for running and that is only three of the 12 reviews that go out in each month we're super stoked for you guys to have an opportunity to access these if you want to try your seven day free trial click the link in our bio or click the link in the show notes and you guys can jump on and check out this month's research review the cool part if you don't like to read you can plug them in your headphones and listen to them something that i like to do They also offer a Facebook group and many other just awesome opportunities for you guys to grow your continuing education and they solve that problem of trying to stay up to date with the most recent and relevant research. So check them out guys. Check out the 7 day free trial we have again available in our show notes or in our bio on Instagram. Another thing. We have recently launched our newsletter called The Movement Monday. If you guys are interested in joining that, you guys can hop on our bio on Instagram, click the link, sign up for that. It's been a fun little thing we've put together. Um, Join, we'll send you guys out The Movement Monday weekly movement musings and movement resources as well as a lot of other fun exclusive things that you'll get for just being part of our Movement Monday team. And for today's episode, guys, we have a second time PT Coffee Cast guest. She is amazing. She's probably one of the most genuine people I've had the opportunity to meet and become friends and a mentor um, to me. So we have Emma Jack on the podcast today. We are super stoked about this. We jump in and talk about passion. We talk about, you know, finding your purpose in the rehab world and kind of how this time right now that we're in has allowed a lot of people to slow down and think about what truly matters to them so taking that and then when we come on the other side of this how do we implement that into our life and into our practice it was an amazing episode i'm going to shut up now grab your coffee brew a cup and enjoy this episode of the pt coffee cast What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Movement PT Coffee Cast. My name is Dalton, and with me, as always, is my beautifully bearded friend, William. William, how are we doing today? The question is, am I really that bearded? No, I, I didn't want to say it. I'm, I've, been in, I've been quite upset with you the last couple of weeks, I would say, since you trimmed your, your beard. But it's starting to come back, actually, very quickly. So 
<laughs> I'm sorry to hear that you're upset. Yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm an emotional guy, so. That's true. That's true. How uh, shows that you care. I do. I do care. <laughs> how um how you doing, man? How's things? You know, I'm doing not bad. Uh, how about you? I'm all right. I feel like I'm adjusting to this new normal, so it's becoming like my life. So slowly, slowly adapting, but overall, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> um, but we're super stoked about today's episode. We have, I would say, a PT Coffee Cast OG. She first appeared on episode four, where she kindly trusted myself and my beautifully bearded friend to come to his apartment without ever meeting us before. Um, she's a friend. She's a mentor. She's pressing play on life. We're super pumped to have the one and only Emma Jack back on the podcast. Emma, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, guys. Thank you so much for having me back on. I know. It's crazy. That was, I was looking back on the episode and it was like two years ago that we it did It honestly that. feels like a lifetime ago. <sighs> lots, lots has changed. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like we have to probably uh, just just let people know that you did vet us uh, before you came <laughs> over to the place. <laughs> I did. I had some contacts. I had an emergency action plan. It was everything was in place. Um, but yeah, looking back, it's so funny to think of how that all went down and, and how I just sort of put blind trust and faith. And I've loved watching you guys grow and develop. And I think at that point, were you first year, second year PTs? I would have been second year. Second year. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. It is crazy. Amazing. Amazing. I love it. And, and press play was just being born, I think, around that time. And now... They had just is... been born. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Why don't, why don't you start off, just give a little bit of a background about like who you are, just so people who maybe haven't heard of you or heard your other episode yet can get a little context. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am a uh, sport and orthopedic physical therapist, private practice um, here in London, Ontario. Um, I own my own practice now, which I did uh, two years ago. So I have uh, taken a leap into owning my own practice and running my own small business. Um, and I have also uh, fallen into and embraced uh, more of a coaching and, and mentoring role over the past couple of years as well. Um, so yeah, lots, lots, lots going on, lots to be excited about. Yeah, and it, it's interesting. So when you, when you first started this whole press play thing, had you envisioned it as where it is now? Like, was it always going to be a small business with coaching or was it just going to be like a brand? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, so initially, uh, I started my Instagram only because I had started a blog. And mm. I had only started that blog because I had this inner knowing that I just, just, you know, going to work and, and, and being a physio, just, it wasn't filling my cup as much. Um, and so I started my blog just as sort of a creative outlet. Um, I also started it just because at that time, um, especially on Twitter, Instagram, I don't think was as big as it, as it maybe is now, but, um, there was a lot of negativity in our profession, a lot of, um, you know, do this, not that this sucks. 
hate this. Um, and so I just wanted to infuse some positivity uh, into, into our profession and out into the world. So it started as a blog and then an Instagram to promote the blog. And this sounds so millennial. <laughs> Over the course of that, I really, I found my voice. I found sort of what I was truly passionate about and, and what my values were. And in doing that, I realized that, hey, you know what? I actually have a way I would love to treat and I would love to operate as a physio um, that wasn't aligning with what I was doing at the time. Um, and so honestly, my Instagram and my blog gave me the confidence um, in order to do my own thing and open up my own practice. Um, and, and so much of that development happened sort of in the public eye as I was figuring out, I was, I was putting it out there um, and showing people what I was up to. So if you had told me, probably even two years ago, it'd be interesting to see if, if on that podcast, I said whether or not I wanted to have my own practice. Yeah. Uh, I, I would argue two years ago, I would have said, no, that was never my intention. Um, but th that's sort of the path um, I've been led down. Yeah. And how has like, the Instagram side of things supported that journey? Mm. Um, honestly, I think for the most part, it's been me stepping into my own voice and, and expressing myself and gaining confidence along the way. Um, I always tell people my, my business does not run because of my Instagram. I'm not getting clients or, um, you know, getting exposure within the community that then brings patients through the door or clients through the door. Um, I think more than anything, it's, it's given me the trust in myself. <laughs> and, and that's really ultimately what I now know you need in order to be successful in business, right? You need to be rooted in really strong values and be confident and, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. And for me, it started with feeling fear in being vulnerable in my posts. And, and I flex that muscle over time. And, and, um, and that's really how it now drives my business. Yeah, no, that's cool. And I like, I like how it almost sounds like the Instagram, initially the Instagram and like the blog was almost like a reflection thing for you in the sense of, I know just from, from knowing you that you, you had all the courses, you, you did all the certs, you, got all you had your job that you thought was the job that you wanted and and then obviously you saying you weren't weren't fulfilled so having that instagram page in the blog was sounds like it was almost a reflection period that allowed you to refine your values so maybe you could take us through that process because i think a lot of people get into that situation where they're like i did everything i was supposed to do but i don't feel purpose in what I'm doing. And I think that's kind of the missing link for a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, honestly, the, the blog and the Instagram was so therapeutic for me. Um, I, I think I really, it allowed me to connect with what I cared about. Right. Um, I didn't start it by looking at what other people were doing. I'm trying to mimic them. I started it just based on what felt good and what I felt like I needed to say and what I wanted to put out in the world at the time. Um, and I think what the magic was within that um, is that I started to not only like I, 
I was authentic with other people, but I was also authentic with myself. And, and again, in finding that, finding that voice and finding that message. And I realized that as much as yes, the courses and the credentials and the, the workshops and the conferences were all great. I wasn't letting people, whether it be clients or fellow colleagues really get to know me as a, as a person. Um, and, and it was really through that, that I, I realized that most of my clients that were seeking me out were only seeking me out because they related with me on some level and, and they felt they could connect with me and they liked my message. And, and that is really what now, you know, drives so much of my business and is why I've been able to be successful in, in helping people rehab and heal um is because i'm showing up uh for them and and i'm not hiding behind anything i'm not um i'm not sort of coming in half-assed um i'm showing up fully as myself with my energy ready to go ready to serve whereas before i think there was something lacking does that even make sense I think so. Trying to, <laughs> I don't know. No, it does. It does. It's like you're you're prioritizing uh, understanding yourself and giving yourself what you need, so that like when you go and you see your clients, you're actually present and you actually have the the energy and the passion there, uh, rather than expending all of your energy uh, working, working, just learning about physio. And then when you get there, it's like, well, do I even want to do this right now? Exactly. And I, I sometimes joke that I'm all about the, the me first movement, right? I had to start putting myself first in order to then be able to show up for people better. And once I showed up for people better, guess what? They got better right? It wasn't necessarily the hands-on skills or the, ex the specific exercises I was prescribing or the techniques I was using. It was just, I was able to get people pumped for their rehab and get them on board and, and get them excited and motivated. And, and I think that energy shift within me um, created an energy shift within my practice. And I yeah. think this is something that like a lot of physiotherapists um, kind of get trapped into and I'm wondering you know because you talk to a lot of other um, physios in the space and stuff like have you seen this being um, an issue with lots of other physios Oh my gosh, it's massive. So yesterday, I yesterday I actually tossed up a post, which I'm not going to lie, talk about feeling fear and doing it anyway. I put up a pretty vulnerable post about how I was ready to quit actually being a physio. Um, I hit a point, to be honest, just before I started um, my Instagram account, I hit a point where I was done. I honestly thought about being a Starbucks barista. I was jealous of the fact they had benefits. I <laughs> <laughs> thought about that too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, I put up this post yesterday, and I think as of right now, and, and to me, it's never about likes, it's never about comments, but there's over 100 comments in the post. I'm not you guys, so 200 likes for me is a lot. Um, and within about an hour, I had about 54 DMs of people being like, oh my God, me too. 
uh, either they're there or they have been there. Um, I think this is a, is a huge issue within the profession. I think there's a lot of silent suffering of people who are feeling like they're stretched too thin, they're exhausted, they're no longer feeling motivated, they question whether or not they're helping. I think this is massive. And, and by no means do I think it's everybody, um, but I, I do think it's it's pretty pervasive. And I think all of us go through periods, right? It's not like you just master it once and you're good. Um, we all go through periods where where we start to question, oh man, like I'm giving, I'm I'm just constantly giving my energy away, and and I I don't feel fulfilled. Yeah, I think it's huge. What What do you think? that missing pieces for people that doesn't make them feel fulfilled? I mean, I know it's variable for everyone, but. Yeah, totally. I think, I think it comes down to, we all get into this profession because we just want to serve and we just want to help others. Um, and it comes from a very genuine place, right? Not very many physios say, oh, I want to get into this profession so I can make a ton of money right? That's not a common answer. It's because we want to serve and we want to help people. Um, And I think what happens is, is we serve and we serve and we serve and we give and we give and we give and we're really shitty at asking for help. We're really shitty at saying, you know what, I actually need some downtime or I actually need a bit more white space or I need more time. Um, we're, We're not good at being our own clients. Yeah. It's a do as I say, not as I do. And I I think it, so I, I think it does come from a very genuine place and it's, um, I, I think it's, it's a pressure we put on ourselves. Yeah. I think you're right. It's something we don't learn in school. Yeah. You know, how to pace yourself. And it's so important though, because, you know, it's something me and Dalton have preached with respect to, working out where you know if you if you sprint then you're going to burn out quick and you don't get as many workouts in but it's the same with uh with being a physiotherapist you know if you if you sprint uh and you burn out quick versus you take your time you know you let yourself develop um you you end up seeing and helping more people over the long run totally Totally. And I think that can go for, you know, even when I, when I look at new clinicians just out of school, they're in such a hurry, right? To get courses and learn more and I need to be better so I can help more. Not recognizing, holy, we just finished six years of education in order to get here. And do you not think those six years are enough that you can be helping people right now, right? And it's such a hurry and such a hustle. And I only say this because I did it, <laughs> right? I spent mm-hmm. the first five years of my career on a treadmill, right? Just grabbing a sort of like uh, Pac-Man, collecting all the credentials, going fast, 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 right? Um, and it left me in a period where I, I had to take time away from the profession. So in that period, I wasn't helping people, right? Um, and, and ultimately, when I finished all of those courses is when I discovered that actually it was just important to show up as me and be able to communicate 
So all of the, those other things I had collected didn't matter to people as much as, as me showing up happy. <laughs> yeah. so, Go ahead. I know like in talking to you, uh, you, you've taken some steps, you know, towards, I guess, structuring and figuring out how to allow that to manifest. And so I'm curious, like, for yourself, you know, what are some of the like tangible things that you've done as like a physio, uh, business owner, and just as a person to, you know, organize your life in a way where um, you do have the energy to be your best kind of uh, version? Yeah, for me, for me, it came down so much, so much of my um, sort of burnout um, was just due to sheer time and the amount of time I was giving away. Um, I was the queen of accommodating other people's schedules. Oh, you can't come at two? Okay, I'll fit you in at the end of my night and I'll stay in clinic till nine o'clock, right? Or, oh yeah, sure, I'll come in for 7 a.m. Um, and so I was overextending my schedule, just grew and grew and grew because I was just trying to accommodate others. And that really ultimately um, was lack of boundaries. And so I had to set, and especially uh, as an entrepreneur, you have to be really stringent and ninja with your boundaries. Um, people will make it work. And that's what I've realized, right? If you tell them, you know, actually, I don't work past six, they make it work, right? If they want to see you and they know the value that you're going to provide them, they find a way. Um, so I became really, really stringent at boundaries. And the nice thing, I mean, I will say the nice thing about having my own practice is I get to decide when I want to work and how long I want to work for. So a really important factor for me was recognizing that for myself, um, I'm only really good at treating maximum 10 people a day, maximum. Uh, and, and I always say seven is kind of my sweet spot um, because I know over 10 patients or clients, I'm not giving them the same energy that I want to be giving and that feels shitty for me. Um, so setting really strict boundaries on how much I work, how many people I take on and who I take on. Um, I'm, I'm only willing to see a patient who is ready to play and play full out with me. Um, and, and so I do have some criteria that people have to meet. If I'm going to put my energy into you because I know I'm going to show up and I am going to serve you at my highest level, I need you to meet me there. And I was, I was, um, kind of done <laughs> treating people who weren't, who, who weren't going to engage in their rehab. Um, so I had to make sure it was the right people. Um, and then getting into a bit better routine, um, first thing in the morning, making sure I was taking care of myself first, again, um, making sure my energy was where it was. So making sure I was giving myself time for journaling, reading what I wanted to read, getting, getting workouts in, um, connecting with the people I needed to connect with before then I stepped into clinic. Right? I had to build my energy up first, make sure I was full before I then served others. 
Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I mean, it sounds like, you know, being self-aware of like what you are capable of is a big thing. And, and that's hard to find. Sometimes you got to sit with yourself and try to figure that out. Um, It looks different for everybody, right? For for me, isn't going to work for somebody else. Like for some people, a morning routine sounds like horrendous or like, I'm just going to sit in and roll into work and I'll stay up at night. Some people it's music, some people it's cooking. Like, yeah, you really do have to, and this is such a beautiful time, right? Quarantine is such a beautiful time to sit with yourself and figure out, you know, what's working for me right now. Like a lot of people's schedules have, have changed obviously. Right. Um, and people are doing things or are, are in different habits than they used to be. Now they have the gift of time and space to do the stuff that maybe they want to do or um, don't usually have time to do. And so thinking about like, what's fun about right now? Like, what am I getting to do that actually feels really good? Um, Follow that, figure out what those things are and, and make sure you don't lose those once we get back to quote unquote regular life. The real world. Yeah. You know, I really realized I like sleeping till nine. <laughs> there we go, my man. So guess what? You don't start in clinic till 11. Perfect. Boom. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's a good point. And I think, I think the challenging thing becomes is the way that the system is set up can make it difficult for people to approach it that way. And I, and I think it's getting better and it's changing a little bit at a time. But listening to you, you know, talk about those things, I think that what allows you to do that is the fact that you are an entrepreneur and you're doing your own, your own thing. I think in clinic, it can be a lot, if you're in clinic, it can be a lot more challenging for certain people. Like I think about, um, not myself, but other people that I know where they have to see a certain amount of people a day. They can't say I can, can only see 10 and I can, you know, stop here. And I, and I think that that, in and of itself is what's creating a lot of the problems that we see with people reaching this burnout because they're just going, 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 giving, giving, giving. It may not be as purposeful because they're not able to choose the people they want to work with. Like you were able to, which I think is super important um, in order to give you the energy that you want. And so I think this period of time is an interesting time for us as a profession because I think it's giving, hopefully giving a lot of people time to reflect on these things. Like what do they want? Who, what, what is their purpose? Where do they want to get out of it? Is the system that I am in right now, the best system to serve people. And hopefully maybe it starts to shift people's mindsets, the whole profession as to where we add value to people. Yeah, totally. And I, I, yes, uh, thank you for bringing that up because I think that's an important point. I recognize that this is not just easy to put into practice tomorrow. And, and some of these changes that I've been able to make have been, you know, progressive and over time. And I and don't get me wrong, I've worked very hard in order to create um, this, this lifestyle. Um, and I think it's about finding aspects of that that you can employ, right? You, yes, you may have to treat X number of clients per day and that's sort of mandated to you, but can you find pockets within your day, right? Where you can, you know, refocus your energy, find the fun, you know, maybe it's just about playing fun music in your office. Maybe it's about having a pump up jam. Maybe it's about having a mantra, there's, there's lots of different things <clears throat> you can employ in order to make 
what maybe you can't change more enjoyable. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. And I, and I think that anyone can find little spaces to do that. And just to add on top of it, I think is like, if you're unhappy and if you're not fulfilled and if you're not finding purpose in what you're doing, then, then you can change that. And I know a lot of people are in a tough situation, different situations for different people, but if you're not happy and you want something different, then do something about it and don't, don't, compl don't complain about it, do something about it. And I think that's the, that's the difference. It's like, if you're happy with what you're doing, keep doing it. Like there's no problem with it. Or if you find purpose and fulfilled by it, great. But if you don't and you're just complaining about it, but then you're not actively taking steps to change, that's where I think it's becomes the problem. So I think I know how hard you've worked to get where you're at. You know, I know how hard other people have worked to, to do their own thing. Like if they can do it, you can do it. We're all the, we'll all have the ability to do it. So I just, that's something that I've been thinking a lot lately in my time of isolation is like, <laughs> in if, time of reflection. if you're, if you're not happy or you're not finding purpose, then start taking steps to find that. And it could be as simple as, you know, maybe it is just writing a blog or maybe it is doing a podcast. Maybe it is planning to open your own clinic, whatever it is, you know, you are in control of, of taking those steps. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to be honest, we are the only people in our own way right? We are the ones who come up with reasons why it won't work or why it's too hard or why it's impossible or why nobody will listen or nobody wants that product, right? We're the ones who, who get in our own way on that. So if you can get out of your own way and just step into it and see what happens, right? Taking that first action, right? I took the first action of just starting the blog and, and that where that led, I had no idea where it was going to go. But I, I'm so, so grateful. Yeah, it was scary. Yeah, I didn't know if people were going to read it. I thought at first, and it probably was my first blog. Just my mom and my sisters read it, right? Um, I wasn't getting massive attention. But in taking that first step is where I then gained the confidence to take further steps. Um, so just take the first step. So I know you, you work with a lot of like new grads and mentorship. And I'm curious because you know, now that we've been out of school for what, almost two years now, which is craziness. Um, I'm curious to, to hear your, your thoughts on the new wave of people coming out um, into the physio space. Do you see them really grasping onto this idea of having purpose and wanting to feel fulfilled in their career um, as opposed to just like rushing, rushing in and just, you know, taking all the courses, like, have you seen a shift? Do you, do you notice anything different with, with people that are coming out? Um, so I think I'll say I'm probably kind of biased in that answer only because a lot of the clinicians I end up interacting with are, are aligning with my message. Sure. And so yes, they are feeling like they want to be in their purpose and, and want to live into their values and, and make sure that, um, that they're maybe not going too, too fast. Um, so I'm probably biased in that answer. I would say, I feel like sort of generally, um, not even just within physio, I think there is, especially right now, again, in this time, people are more conscious of 
being in purpose and feeling fulfilled and desiring and wanting to to get up every, every day and do something that they love i think just generally there is more of that out there and you're seeing you know the Tony Robbins and the Dean Graziosis and, and Jenna Kutcher and, and Rachel Hollis and, and all of this content, I think is being, people are consuming it more and, and there is more interest in that sphere. Um, but I think at the same time, schools are, are still like well said, you know, in schooling, it's, it's not necessarily being addressed yet. Um, you know, the, the conversation around best next steps isn't happening. Um, so I think as a profession, I think we could do a better job. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. I think one of the cool things, you know, and uh, for, for me and Dalton, obviously it's super relevant, uh, is that now you, you don't just live in your school community. You also have potential access to really anyone you totally. know and that was a cool thing for us was the opportunity to connect with people like you uh and maybe that's uh i mean that was a huge opportunity for us to be exposed to those other thoughts and to people who are already working yeah seeing people who are doing it different and seeing that that is possible and and that you don't necessarily have to follow a X, Y, and Z career path, right? I think we are exposed to more, just generally in every sense of the way, but also just being exposed to different ways. I don't think there's any one right way to do it. I think it's about spending time figuring out what's right for you. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's the hard part. Like when you come, when you're in school, there's, there's only, there's, you, you only see it in one way a lot of times. And as, as again, Will said, being exposed to other people in the space and seeing some of the avenues that people are taking um, to, you know, to create their own, their own way is cool because it gives, it gave me the freedom of being like, if I don't want to do it like this, I can do it in a different way and still be able to serve people, do something that I enjoy. And I think that was a big moment for me to, to kind of change my mindset around things. And it's like using your physio degree as a platform to allow you to do what you like to do. Right. And I think looking at it in that perspective really shifted my mind. And I think as people are more exposed to content and they see the options they that's making people feel a little bit more free with what they can do as they come out of school totally and i think you have to try things too right i didn't understand how much you know having time with my client was important to me until i had worked in a clinic where i was pumping people in and out on on the 15 minute right mm -hmm. and so sometimes you do think you have to have these experiences that maybe aren't right for you in order to get a sense of what is right, right? It's all just you're you're just gaining information right working i always say to people you know working in a job you hate is probably going to give you a lot of value because if you can take that and figure out what you hated about it you can then go seek or create something that you love because now you know hey i I don't love seeing 
people on the 15 minute. I don't love having an open environment. I like to be one-on-one -on -one with somebody. I don't like feeling rushed. I don't like, you know, feeling undervalued, like whatever it is that upsets you about a, a current job or a previous job is probably giving you a lot of information about what maybe you need. Right? Yeah, no, for sure. I always said that to Will all the time about physio school is like it, <laughs> it taught me a lot of what like I didn't want to do. And, and not that I didn't learn a lot of valuable information from it. But like there was things where I'm like, I know I don't want to do this. And, and that's okay. And that's fine. At first, it was like a little bit stressful for me because I didn't accept it. But once you accept that, like, if you don't like something, it's okay, you don't have to do it. There's other options for you. Then it's again, I think it's very freeing. For, I think for one of the one of the biggest fallacies that we are taught in physio school is that we are generalists. You know, they always yeah. talk about, oh yeah, you know, you'll know how to do everything and treat everybody. And and I just don't think that's true. I don't think we're meant to be generalists. I think everybody has a specific population, a niche, a market that they are exceptional at. And, and that is where they are needed, right? You don't want me doing cardio resp. I, <laughs> I don't, I'm just, I'm just not there for it. I'm not going to bring the same enthusiasm, but I love, I love, love, love that there are people who are so exceptional at it and love it and pa are passionate about it. And especially right now we're so needed. Um, and so I think remembering that, like you don't have to do it all just figure out what you're exceptional at. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point because um, a good example of that for me was when I was on a cardio rest placement, I, I, I didn't like it. Like I, I was not enjoying it. It wasn't what I wanted to do. It's not like I don't in, like, I, I love the fact that I could help people. But the one thing I learned from that was my CI at the time, like she loved it. Like it was, it was everything for her. And I could, I could feel that through her. Like she, she was, always fired up. She talked about it. Like, just like me and Will would talk about MSK stuff or whatever we really like, she was like in it. And, and I, I felt that energy from her and I really appreciated that. And like, that was one of my big takeaways was I want to, I want to feel like her when I'm, when I'm working, like I want to exude that energy. I want to be that passionate about things. So it was a good learning experience for me from, from that perspective. <laughs> yeah. And your, your client wants to feel that too. Yeah. Such a difference between, Oh, okay. Okay. We're going to do this today. And Oh my gosh. Hi, come on in. Let's get going. Right. Like your energy is everything in this profession. Um, and, and people feel it. And I think their outcomes are innately linked to what you bring. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I um, think something where like people just get they get in this mind frame where they don't realize that they can seek what they want mm. you know what i mean it's like you have this idea in your head like oh this is where i am this is what it is and there's not much i can do but i think that your evidence you know of the opposite of that you know like you were pumped about pilates uh and you, you had a certain way you wanted to go about it and you curated that over time. And I think that's very inspiring for people. And my suggestion would be that if people are feeling that way, they just feel like there's, you know, it's too much, it's too hard. You have to surround yourself with people and with messages 
um, of doing it. Um, you know, you're, you are only as good as the people you surround yourself with. And so surround yourself by people who are doing it and are showing you every single day, they're showing up and they're doing hard things and they're putting stuff out there. Um, that's the change you have to make the messages that you're, you're giving yourself every day <laughs> for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. The, the last question I wanted to ask is just given, I've been asking this to a lot of our guests, just given the circumstances. Um, and obviously things are changed for everyone with this whole COVID-19 thing. But my question for you with regards to that is like, how do you see this affecting the profession and, and specifically physiotherapy? Because that's what we're in. I think it's going to impact all professions, but how do, how do you see it affecting our profession? Um, I think there's, I, I foresee a few things. I think the biggest thing, um, I'm noticing right now is how important the connections we form with our clients or patients um, are, right? If you have a solid connection and that's something I'm so grateful for right now is I, I am a connection first therapist. And so when I reach out to my clients and say, Oh my gosh, like this is crazy right now. How are you doing? They know I legitimately care. And they know I'm legitimately invested in making sure that they're still attaining their goals and making forward progress. And so, yeah, they're getting on virtual appointments. Whereas I think if you haven't built that first, this feels really hard, right? People maybe aren't as invested in their care. They're not as comfortable getting on a call with you. And that makes virtual really hard. So I think we're seeing the importance of that connection first. Um, and, and and how important that is, the therapeutic alliance. So I think that's going to be massive um, takeaway for a lot of people. I think we're gonna see a lot of people have a bit of a reckoning into um, how much our hands actually help and how important our words are and our guidance and, um, and how how an important role in active therapy is, right? Right now it's on, we're just acting as guides, right? People are the ones who have to put in the work and do the things in order to make the progress. Um, so I think we're going, we're going to really have to internalize that. Um, and the other thing I think is we're gonna see a lot of people pivot and shift. I think this is a massive time of transformation for a lot of people. And you know, I talk to clinicians all day long um, and I'm hearing a lot of, I don't know if I can go back to that job. I don't know if this is what I want to do. I feel like there's something more for me. I think people are sitting in this space of, I got to switch it up. I don't want to go back to the job I hate. I got to make a change. And so I think within our profession, but then again, sort of more, more globally, I think we're going to see a lot of people pivot and say, I can no longer spend my time doing these things that don't feel good and don't feel fulfilling to me. Um, so I'm really excited for that. I think that's amazing. I think these are all changes that were important and necessary. Um, and this sort of got us there way quicker uh, than anybody, anything else could have. Yeah, no, definitely. I would agree with all that. You can't, it's kind of forcing our hand in, the one thing that I really liked, we had Shante on our podcast. Actually, it's probably out by the time this goes Love out. That. Love that woman. And, and she put it in a really good way. 
and and I like this is she she said that you know this is a time for us as as physios to um, market ourselves to people for like what our value really is you know and, and like those things that you just hit on like we're we have an understanding of my MSK and pain and we have all this like this knowledge but we also have the ability to coach and to connect and to empower and and now that we're forced to like take that hands-off approach or sorry take that hands-off approach it's it's almost forcing the consumer to see our real what we would assume or have believe is our real value to to people so as a profession it's time for us to continue to just educate and and push out like what our true value is to the public yeah and and show up Mm -hmm. show up serve your clients doesn't uh, to me in my practice i don't care if there's a monetary transaction right now i'm gonna make sure i'm calling people checking in emailing them making sure that they know hey yeah we may not be business as usual but that doesn't mean that I am, I'm taking a backseat. I'm still an advocate for you. I still want you to be getting better, moving better and achieving these goals. So now's our time that we can really prove our worth. Absolutely. Totally. Awesome. Emma, is there anything you got coming up that you want to talk about or that you're excited about with press play or anything? Um, I got a lot of things coming up. This has been a massive time of creation for me. I am super excited. I just yesterday I launched a five week program um, for physios who maybe are going through some of these rumblings. Uh, Perfect. On I want to get everybody in one room and we are going to be taking massive action um, on, on stepping up and achieving some of these uh, goals that people have for themselves. So um, it's called Ready, Set, Reset. Um, we're going to do five weeks, um, meeting once a week as a big group. We have Facebook group. That's going to be dope. Uh, we got some special guests coming on. Um, and so super excited for that. Um, I am still doing, I still do uh, my Pilates classes. I would love if you guys joined, uh, my Pilates classes live on Facebook oh. on demand community. Um, so that's every Monday, uh, at seven 30, it's totally free. You just have to hop on the Facebook group. I can send you, uh, the link for the yeah. show notes. Um, and then as always, I'm, uh, providing right now, just one-on-one -on -one calls with any clinician that is feeling confused or, um, knowing that there's something more or not wanting to go back to what they used to do. Um, I'd love to have hop on a call with you and, and just sort through some of those rumblings. It's uh, one of my favorite things to do. Awesome. And if people want to get in contact with you or follow you on Instagram. So Instagram is probably the best bet. Uh, I'm at press play physio, all one word, send me a DM, reach out, give me a follow. I always message my, my people back. Um, or, uh, email, email still works too. Uh, Emma, E-M-M-A at pressplayphysio.com. Awesome. Well, Emma, thank you for taking the time. I've been saying, I've always said out of your busy day, but these days we're not as busy, but, I mean. <laughs> but, but thank you for taking the time. Honestly, like this is awesome to just just talk to you again and reflect back. It's crazy. It's been two years since that, that first podcast, but we're very appreciative of everything you do. Thank you for, you know, always supporting us, mentoring us, giving us advice. It's really meant a lot. So we do appreciate you very much. Oh, thank you so much. It's been uh, awesome watching your journey and uh, I can't wait because I know you guys got some big things coming up. Uh, Rocket ship's about to launch. 
Hopefully, yes. Sometime <laughs> soon. All right, Emma, thank you. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.